Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, Go Big Orange Friday is happening now because Ethan Stone of the University of Tennessee Daily Beacon is here. Ethan, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Fridays are my off days, so I get to just kind of chill, watch like ESPN, Sports Center, stuff like that. But I don't have any classes today, so I'm ready to get talking about Tennessee athletics. Well, you're alone there because Ryan Shempert, who's also here, Rocky Top Insider, is addicted to the Friday class schedule. This is multiple semesters I found that Ryan has just been like, you know what I want to do on a Friday morning? I want to go to campus. I want to make sure that I'm sitting in a classroom on a Friday morning. Every morning. The, I, th- I think I went like five straight semesters without having it, but I've hit the back-to-back senior year having it both times. Uh, yeah. Class on Fridays and two of them Friday morning this semester, which is just brutal for the last semester, but it's what you get for procrastinating, taking uh, taking econ. So, got to live with my mistakes. Well, if it makes you feel any better, uh, well, at the graduate school and stuff, we, we, we don't have options. So, like, <laughs> I'm kind of nervous because I have to, like, be really, really conscientious later this summer uh, for my last two classes that I need to graduate. But like they feel they're apparently well, apparently one of the two is like super popular and like the most popular one in the program. So like I have to make sure I priority uh, sign up for it and get in there before it fills up. But I'm like, that's nine months out. What am I supposed to do? Why are you telling me this now? Why can't you just go ahead and lock that in? Because I look, there's not a better school in the country. We can all agree. And that's not because we're biased and it's not because they have our money. Uh, no, it's the University of Tennessee Knoxville. However, that gives me all kinds of anxiety because I'm like, why? Why can't you just put it in there? Like, do you graduate in December? So if you want me to graduate, you need to make sure that that seat saved. I don't know if you knew this or not. A, blue check mark on Twitter and Facebook. B, I support the Go Big Orange Friday every week. C, I don't even use a student ticket. I buy tickets into Neyland, into TBA. I sit there with the public. D, giving y'all money, no full scholarship, giving y'all that. Uh, E, just being in the area, giving money to the local businesses in Knoxville. I can keep going. All I ask from you guys is to lock this in. I don't want to be responsible for registering for this one class that's super popular. It's not my problem. It's not my problem. You're doing this. That felt good to get off my chest. Yeah, I can can tell that's been pent up for a while. (laughs) Yeah, can't say I envy that situation. (laughs) <laughs> no, but I think it'll be all right. I think it'll be all right. Um, and we still got to get through this semester before we get there. Um, well, guys, I want to start National Signing Day. Uh, quote unquote, National Signing Day happened this week. Uh, Tennessee added one more guy who is. I When I looked at him, I was like, are we sure he's not meant to be a basketball player? Are we sure that Rick Barnes should not be bringing in Jason Jenkins as a stretch big? Like he has a frame that I'm like, well, the whole Tennessee football thing doesn't work out. Uh, maybe we transition him into uh, Rick Barnes's big heavy lineups because I think that also would work. But Ryan, what do you uh, what do you make of Jason Jenkins, uh, Northeast kid, coming into the fold here in Knoxville? Yeah, it was certainly a commitment that kind of caught me off guard. I guess I think it happened during the Texas game or one of the basketball games. It happened mm-hmm. during, and uh, I kind of figured Tennessee was going to be done after what they did in the early signing period, but kind of find a, what they think is a hidden gem up in Northeast. And, and certainly I think when you look at the defensive line position, Ronnie Gardner, there's not a person on staff you have more faith in with evaluations and really anything than Ronnie Gardner. So 
uh, certainly a guy that they found late and they think is a steal and it'll, it'll be interesting to see uh, what he's able to do. I, you know, it seems when you look at his frame, he'd be more of a long-term prospect than an instant impact guy, but Tennessee did lose a, a handful of contributors on the defensive line. And I, I think there's going to be an opportunity for one of these young guys to potentially burst in and earn some, uh, probably not starting reps, but, but earn some uh, real instant impact in their first year. And Gardner liked to rotate last year. So I would assume yeah. that there's going to be a lot of opportunities for rotation defensive line. So uh, we'll see, especially with just the leadership uh, void with Matthew Butler being out of there. Um, and we'll see what that means for the Tennessee defensive line. But like you said, they're in good hands with Rodney Gardner. Ethan, what do you what do you make of Jason Jenkins or at anything else about the, re- the 2022 recruiting cycle for Tennessee now that it is officially wrapped up? Yeah, now that it's wrapped just. I'll clarify what, what Ryan was saying. It was during the Texas A&M game. And the only reason I remember that is because it came at a weird point in the game. I can't remember what was happening, but I was typing something out. And then mm. I just happened to notice. And I was like, ah, whatever. I'll find out about this guy later. But, you know, just another another defensive line, another defensive end guy to add with James Pierce, add with Tyree West. That, mm. you know, Rodney Gardner always already has a pretty decent amount of firepower, I guess, to, to you know, rebuild the offensive offensive the defensive line that you know has seen a lot of turnover over the past you know over last season. But yeah, just kind of what Ryan said. It's just another piece. It's always good to have defensive linemen. It's always to get guys good to get guys late, especially still rebuilding as Tennessee is right now. Yeah, and I um I don't know. I think it's interesting because when you look at the depth chart, the pr- projected depth chart for next year on the defensive line, it's wild. Like the defensive tackle spots seem completely up for grabs. Like I. I, I don't know. We we don't know. We saw some flashes. Rajon Terry, the Kansas transfer, getting Barron back out of the portal, I think was huge because he's going to be a big guy off the edge uh, for them this year. And who, I don't know. Like, I don't know if they're, uh, Wes was a huge surprise because that was like a late steal basically by Tennessee to bring him in um, out of Tiff County. Shout out to Tiff County. Uh, Blue Devils, their head coach was on this very podcast a few weeks back. So shout out to Tiff County, Georgia down there in the South. Um, we actually played them in the 1997 state title game, Parkview Tiff County. I want to say, uh, we won that one. That was our first one. It's either 97 or 95. Buster Faulkner, who's now with UGA, was the quarterback at Parkview at the time. Um, Quincy Carter was at Southwest DeKalb, I want to say. So, yeah, I can give you all kinds of old Friday Night Lights high school football. This was literally all before y'all were born, which really upsets me as well because uh, that that's just insanity. Like y'all were not even born when Partview went. So I'm looking at my Partview helmet. So when Jeff Francor, y'all know Jeff Francor, when he was at Partview, he three straight seasons undefeated, three straight undefeated seasons in high school football. We were the number one team literally in the country. Partview was. And you guys were not alive for any of it. Like you just, it, it's just preposterous to me. Just preposterous. You know what else is preposterous? The amount of turnover in Tennessee high school football. Do you see Alcoa stepping down? Yeah. The tornadoes. There might be of a tornado of a situation over there in Alcoa. That one fell on its face. To be honest. Oh, <laughs> <good> gosh. <laughs> I, I think they just replaced him. Actually, it's uh... really. Okay. Nix, Brian Nix, something like that. I've never heard yeah. of him, but it's pretty hard to replace a guy like that. So. He's been de- maybe from Florida State. He'd been defense coordinator there since like 2005, 2006. So he'd been okay. long, t- long time assistant. Well, speaking hey, of, it, yeah. I was going to say, isn't Patrick Nix Bo Nix's dad's name too? Is it? 
Okay. I that might be. That sounds that was right. the first thing that came to mind when I okay. knew the guy's last name was Nix, but I don't think it's Patrick Nix. Now I, I, I don't Brian think it is. I can't right. remember his yeah. first name. Well maybe Brian sounds right. Well maybe it was Chris Ricks was the quarterback for Florida State. Was it Chris Ricks back in the day? I don't know. Another quarterback who may have been the quarterback of the Florida State Seminoles before you guys were alive. Um I gotta think about it. Chris Ricks. I could be wrong. Now uh, this is gonna bother me. Um but yeah, no, we as a collective unit on this very podcast because we ultimately want tennessee athletics to be the best that they can possibly be part of that is fixing the tennessee high school football region classification issue that is just an absolute dumpster fire like i can do this like ghsa is perfect like it's it makes sense it's easy seven classifications it's all it's it all makes sense it's very simple tennessee it just i was looking at it the other day it just will never not be crazy to me like i i don't understand what they're doing here scrap it all um i know oak ridge just put on uh, uh just added uh hall's head coach as their new head coach so we'll see what happens there but look man reach out let's get together fair gets head coach Carnes, ridge uh alcoa let's figure this out over there in ryan's country we got uh brentwood oakland go over there with that uh nonsense at Carnes in ethan's territory Beyond the, just the absolute nonsense that we saw in Carnes Oak Ridge this past year, the Sean Bishop, just a little cheat code, and just that fan base with they have these little phones or something like they're playing music, Ryan. It's preposterous. They're just playing like the hits, like for the whole game. They're not, that's all they're doing. They're just playing like uh, now top one hundred the entire game. There's it's it, it may it hurt my soul. It hurt my soul to see these kids just playing like. I don't know Jason Derulo while like there's a big Deshaun Bishop play happening. In no, front that was of them. that's that is so accurate, and, <laughs> and they have about 700 speakers pointed towards the exact. And it's not a big stadium. No, <laughs> it's like it's the loudest thing of all time. It's like it does you can hear it across the field. Yeah, you can hear it across the field, and I just I I I couldn't I couldn't believe it. But man. Can you guys tell that I miss high school football and uh, like on nights like tonight, just being able to go over and check some games out? Um, but we talked about uh, Tennessee basketball a little bit here. So they beat Texas A&M uh, earlier this week uh, on the road at South Carolina on Saturday. Um, the game last Saturday was just <laughs> the Texas game was that, that feels like forever ago. It's amazing how uh, it really wasn't that long ago, but it feels like forever ago. They come all the way back. They lose in the last play where uh, we don't have to re relitigate all of it, but I think we, I, I want to get y'all's perspective, my perspective on the last play and to bring it all the way back. And I thought that was impressive that they kept fighting and they didn't quit and that Kennedy Chandler was not around for that final bit. So I thought that was pretty interesting by Barnes to pull that card, but um, Ziegler brings them all the way back because Ziegler is so much fun, but right play call, just wrong guy. Like it was, a, I, I remember sitting at my table and I, <laughs> my dad was in town and my dad and the sports journalist and I were watching. I was like, Oh no, it's over. Because like the second I saw that it was a pop out to uh, Josiah Jordan James at the top of the key, I was like, it's over. Like, he's not hitting that. He he hits one of nine of those. Like, he's not hitting that. There's no chance. And I was I, it, it hurt my soul that it was such a great play call. And he designed it for Josiah Jordan James, who was never going to hit that. There was no universe where he was making that shot. Am I, am I being too hard on him? But it was also like, he, yes, he you are. No, I'm not. Are yes, well. exactly. I mean, who who on the court? Did you want to take the shot? Because nobody, I wanted Ziegler to draw a foul. I just wanted him to go up. Like when he Did was you driving, want him to I go in there one one v three, which there were yes. three people sitting in the paint. Yes, on I'm the looking. road, the five nine guy is going to get a call. 
You never know. I would rather go down with that. I hit two threes in the 16-0 run. That was two, but that's the bigger reason to not do it. He cashed out his two, and now we have to go 17 straight of nothing. Like, that was his thing. He's shooting, like, what, 28% from three this year? Something bad, but it it has been good as of late. It's in the Tennessee game, though. It's like 40% over the last seven games. Okay. And, I mean, again, I just go back to I don't see what – I get the overall frustration. It doesn't, yeah. you know, game-winning three, Josiah, Jordan James is not exactly the guy you want in that situation. But when you look at who's on the court, Victor Bailey, Camwa, I'd rather him have Vescovy. I would still rather take Vescovy, but he was still 0-5 in the game. Like, to me, oh, a wide-open three for probably your second or third-best shooter, uh, probably your third-best shooter on the court who had shot well that game. I just don't see how that's eh. – I've seen wor- much worse Rick Barnes drawn-up plays at the end of the game to, to complain about that. Hmm. Ethan, four, five, or six seed. Where do you think the balls ultimately end up? Uh, now that they sit at what five, uh, fifteen and six, six and three in the SEC. Do you? Where do you see them ultimately falling out at this point? I want to make a quick comment on that, and then I'll go to. I'm not going to go into it very long. Josiah James was the one that hit the three against Texas Tech to go to overtime. Throwing yeah. That up. <laughs> yeah. I think. I think, my I think point. He used I, all I, his good luck. All of the good fortune was used up weeks ago. It was used up. <laughs> You're playing with fool's gold. I can understand not wanting to, um, I guess, defend a guy that like Josiah that has had his struggles shooting the ball. But I think just in that situation, I would have been okay with it. Moving on, though, I think Tennessee right now. I feel attacked. I think Ken Tom has him as like a five. Wait, what'd you say? <laughs> I feel attacked on my own podcast. The, okay. just, I, I just the two on one assault here by the the kids that weren't alive for the Jeff Francois era of Hartby football, who don't even have any co- like recognition for anger management. Like this whole evening has just been about, hey, let's remind Chase that death is near. That's great. Thanks, guys. Yeah, only like, only like sixty years, but yeah, sixty. I don't want to be ninety. Sixty. You know what 60. I mean. But I think I think Tennessee. On me. I think I think Ken Palm has them at like a five right now. Mm. I don't know. I th- I'm I'm not very high in Tennessee. I don't think they okay. should be ranked very high. To be totally honest with you, I think six is being really really nice. <laughs> to be mm. honest with you, I don't think they'll go very low just because they have good wins. You know, against Arizona, a team that can beat Arizona, they're not going to go too low in my opinion. But I don't think it's going to be four or five range just a i don't think they can fall past six like the rest of the schedule is pretty pretty nice for them i think they're worse they're through the worst of it so i think the worst case scenario is six i'm going to say they're going to end up as a five um but we'll see what happens down the stretch here um i want to talk about the the quarterback depth chart now now that we've got that laid out um i think this is pretty fascinating so now that we 100 know that it's taven jackson we got uh, Navy Schuler, an all-time great name, uh, coming in here, transferring from App State. Obviously, his dad, he's Schuler, played at UT. Um, Joe Milton returning for his redshirt senior year, which is amazing. I can't believe Joe Milton's already a senior. Um, and then, obviously, super senior, Hendon Hooker. Are we okay with these four? Is this a, like, where where would you rate, um, or how would you, how do you just feel like a temperature check, like on the four that are in the room right now? No Bailey out there at UNLV right now, um, which is interesting to monitor because like Bailey ended up at UNLV and it looks like GT Daniels is going to have to end up at a group of five school too. So a lot of these X five stars who, who bounce around a little bit, like that the grass is not always greener is what we're finding here. And I think uh, it's a harsh reality check for a lot of these 
former superstars out of high school. Um, but Ethan, what do you make of the quarterback room as it stands right now with those four? See, I, I think it's good because you've got a dark horse Heisman guy in Hooker. Now, if he goes down, I don't know. Um, you know, Joe yeah. Milton's certainly a dude that can step in. You got Taven Jackson is certainly a project, but still a dude that can step in. And like, if there's one guy to trust developing a quarterback to get a guy that'll be ready behind Hendon Hooker, behind, like I said earlier, a dark horse Heisman candidate, it's it's Josh Heupel. He's a guy that has had a track record of of developing these these quarterbacks to you know go win games at least the very least step and get you a couple games if hooker goes down with like a finger injury something like that that sidelines him for a game or two but i don't know when it comes down to it when you got hooker you got to feel pretty good about about what you've got going on what do you think ryan i that last sentiment i think is completely correct having depth at the quarterback position it's it's kind of impossible. I mean, if we're being honest in this transfer portal era, I mean, you just have to have a really good young quarterback who's waiting a going to be a freshman, maybe a sophomore. No one is good waiting three years. And what's Tennessee going to go out and attract in the transfer portal right now to, for the backup position? Not, not much of anything. So while Joe Milton may not be a great backup quarterback, he's at least a guy that's been in your system a year should have a comfort level. And then you have that, uh, young quarterback who you hope is the future in Taven Jackson. And I think when you really break down what this group looks like top to bottom, I think it comes down to what he can do. And I think maybe Schuler's uh, a solid person just to have because of how active the transfer portal is. I mean, like we saw last year, Tennessee had five scholarship quarterbacks on their roster in June and had two by the end of the season. If someone were to get hurt, someone had to come out of game to have a walk on like maybe Schuler who was able to go play at an app state level school. I know he never started. But it is certainly better than I think your your typical walk on quarterback. I think that's exactly what you want for that last spot. So it, it's good because him and Hooker is good, and then after that, I think is kind of making the best of what's a really hard situation to build up at that position. It's also nice to know that if we have to play outside of Neyland in the Tennessee River, we've got a quarterback who is tailor made for that situation. Like he's <laughs> maybe Admiral Schofield will be at the game too. That might be like it might be like who wants to face Navy Schuler on the Tennessee River? I don't think many people do. They've got a thing uh, going there, don't they? That's yeah, they do. <laughs> they have a type. Um, here, I like this question though. Um, Ryan, who do you think now that the class is complete? Who do you think will be the most impactful? year one player and oh let me add this too by the way on this this just this is something i written down in my notes is like i looked at the quarterback room and i'm like if we still had caden salter in the room i think i'd feel a lot better if caden salter's not out of the mix and we had caden and Taven to compete for that future tennessee job i feel a lot better um i don't know if Taven still commits and comes here if caden's still on the roster but if we're going into next year with those four and then the walk-on in uh Schuler, i'd feel a lot better like having the two potential guys like kind of that's what georgia has with vandegrift and gunner stockton you like want to, those two to like battle it out you don't just want the one and you hope for the best because i think that would have been interesting to see who separated themselves more between Taven and, and caden and i think that's kind of forgotten about with tennessee fans is that like caden was a big get early on for this hypo staff and for it to unfold the way it did was really unfortunate because like I could see him just tearing it up at Liberty in that system that Malik Willis has. So we'll see. Um, but in terms of who do you think, is it Caleb Webb? Is it Pierce? Is it West? Who do you think makes the biggest freshman impact this fall, Ryan? 
That's a good question because I think there's a handful of guys that are pretty logical answers, and I'll I'll kind of go with a more uh, under the radar one. I'll say Squirrel White. Uh, I think what okay. he, there's going to be opportunities at receiver, and I think his speed makes it well could force Tennessee's staff offensive staff to get him on the field early, and he may not have a complete grasp of everything in the playbook and everything Tennessee wants to do, but I think much like we saw with Jalen Hyatt two years ago, his freshman year, I think his talent and his speed is going to kind of force. Josh Heupel and Alex Golish to figure out a role for him right away and figure out a way to get him on the field. Also, the the marketing with the squirrel guy. Have you seen him around campus? The Oak Ridge squirrel guy? Like, I cannot wait for that first picture of those two together. Like, that's going to be a great thing. I, I'm excited for that one. And it's also amazing to me how many people, like, willingly just pick up the squirrel and just put him on their shoulder and pet him and everything else. I'm like, this man, carrier of diseases, can't be doing it. It's cool to look at. He's. I like that we have a squirrel mascot. It's cool, but I'm not putting uh, the old squirrel on my shoulder. It's not happening. The squirrel was a the the squirrel is a big fan of the Beacon offices. I, or I don't. Oh, really? you, you can give me a more. Uh, uh, I just feel like he was in there a lot in my time there, and yeah, I never had any desire. You to say he's in there, the like squirrel. he's just uncon. Like the guys just coming in there with the squirrel. How does that work? What do you mean? Yeah, basically that's what I mean. Oh. I, I just felt like two or three times in like my two years uh, as sports editor, co-sports editor, uh-huh. when I was in there a lot, he would just like randomly be in there. And I never really exactly understood why. <laughs> I don't know. Does the squirrel guy do anything besides have the squirrel? I mean, he seems to be on campus almost 24 seven. It's, <laughs> it's one of the great mysteries to me. Um, That's wild. So I'm just, I'm just befuddled by Tennessee this. secrets. Are we going to get cut off? Is this stream going to get cut off mid show? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are we getting to the bottom of some kind of squirrel conspiracy theory going on in the Beacon office? Um, who knows? Maybe he, the squirrel. Uh, never mind. I'm not going to get on that rabbit hole. Ethan, <laughs> who is your pick? Who who do you think? I was going to go similar to Ryan actually and say White, but I'll be I'll be different and I'll get away from Caleb Webb too. I think Justin Williams will be interesting, not necessarily hmm. because he's a really good talent, which you know he is, but more importantly, just running backs just get beat up. And and Hypo likes to run the ball when it comes down to it. So I I highly doubt that Jalen Wright, Jabari Small are going to be healthy the entire year. And I feel like he's the next guy up. I feel like he's the guy that you know could play a role, kind of like the, like Jalen Wright played this season. Like yeah, just a guy that can come in for a couple snaps every once in a while, maybe make a big play or two that you know could be big on a certain drive or something. I'm not expecting him to light the world on fire, but I think he'll have a bit of an impact this season. I think he also brings some physicality that is small and right that don't bring yeah. in that room. I, I think he's a, he was a good piece to add. I think he's going to complement what they already have in that room well. And uh, with Tennessee not getting someone in the portal, I think you're right, Ethan. I think he's a guy that will certainly have some sort of role. Uh, how big will certainly be determined still. I just, Tion Evans is just going to be a mystery to me. Like he'll never not be a mystery. Do we ever get clarification on why he dipped when he did and like why he ended up at Louisville? Do we, do we know the story behind this? It's so random. He was so good here. There's no reason for him to leave. He was baby Kamara. I'm not going to get over this for a while. Like Tion is going to bother me for a long time, I think. Yeah. And that's what I think is the weirdest part about it is that he's ended up at Louisville. Like he was yeah. good enough on the field to end up at really anywhere in the SEC, you would think yep. they would have taken him. Like he was a very good SEC back. I mean, Jabari Small is a good piece, really solid player, but I think Tyon he's just not a bell cow back. He can't yeah. handle it. He's Tyon's a whole another, another level of player mm-hmm. and just has very talented, which makes it brutal to lose and makes him ending at Louisville more puzzling, but I'm glad he ended at Louisville. I'm glad I don't have to watch him in the SEC yeah. being tortured by the frustration 
he'll probably just absolutely torch ACC defenses. So it'll make Tennessee look worse for losing him. But at least he won't be doing it at anybody's expense. Maybe maybe he'll have a big game against Kentucky last week of the year. Get get a win over uh, the Wildcats. It is interesting, right? Like you have him going to Louisville, and then the year before you have Ty Chandler ending up at North Carolina. But also, like it's back to back years where it's like, I, are these Tennessee? Who's somebody? Like this maybe will be my job as the uh, biggest Tennessee uh, guy here in the Knoxville local area. Um, I think my responsibility, um, and I, I, I'm I'm volunteering myself for this, but I think my responsibility is when a Tennessee athlete is about to make a bad decision. I pulled them aside and I'm just like, okay, so here's the deal. I understand you've got some Jeremy Grant itis where you think you're something that you're not. And here's the problem with that. Um, you're going to go somewhere else where you're not going to average eight yards to carry, or you're going to never be on TV. Like here is the situation. Eric Gray. Did you hear his name at all this past year? Eric Gray went to Oklahoma. It was like, oh, theoretically, like, yeah, I should probably leave. Like it's a new staff. Like I came in here with Heupel and Jim Chaney. Okay, great. Didn't work out. Like, do we need to do the side by side with Jabari Small and Tion Evans versus what Eric Gray did for the majority of the season in Oklahoma? Like, he made a mistake. Tion Evans, Tion Evans, do we need to replay the tape if he's getting ready to leave? I'm like, hey, okay, here's the Mizzou tape. Do you remember what you did in this game? Do you remember what you did to Mizzou in this game? Do you think you're going to have it any better anywhere else? Why leave? What are we doing? No, you're not going anywhere. I'm not signing the papers. I'm not signing the papers, Tion. I'm not signing it, Gray. You know what would be great? Gray and Evans in my backfield this year. That'd be great. That would have been awesome. Um, I don't know. These athletes, they're they're making decisions that I don't agree with. So that's not okay with me. Not okay. The world revolves around your uh, your wants and needs also. <laughs> well, Chase, I know it's yeah. I was just gonna say that that rant could not have sound not could not have screamed I tweet at recruits more than <laughs> See, here's the thing. I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to do any of this personally to them. Yeah. But if I ever run into them out, I'm gonna be like, you made a mistake. Like, I'll absolutely just pull them aside and be like, what were you thinking? Like, who was in your ear? Whoever was in your ear was wrong. Um, not only that, um, it's unfortunate because I thought we could have been the best of friends, uh, Eric Gray. I thought uh, that could have been a thing, a, a long-term friendship. Uh, Ryan, what can the good folks check out uh, with uh, you and the, the rest of the staff at Rocky Top Insider this weekend? Yeah, plenty of basketball stuff, both on the men's and women's sides. Uh, stuff kind of recapping, uh, recapping the Texas A&M win, and then kind of looking at the halfway point where Tennessee is at halfway point in SEC play, and then plenty of stuff to get you ready for Lady Vols who are struggling a bit, but a big one Sunday night at, at UConn. So that should be a fun game Sunday afternoon, actually, not Sunday night. And then plenty of stuff also, kind of putting the bow on the, the 2022 class and signing day this week. There you go. Ethan, what about you and the good folks over there at the UT Daily Beacon run by Mysterious Squirrels? Uh, apparently, uh, I'll go on a brief tangent about that first. Uh, like, all the editors seem to, like, know who, and, like, me and Josh are just like, I have no idea what is happening here. Like, maybe it's just a sports editor thing, Ryan, because I genuinely, I've never seen this squirrel in the office. I don't know. Wait, are we but, sure the squirrel exists? What if it's like a he only shows himself to people that are worthy? What if Ethan and Josh are not in the club and the only true Tennesseans get to actually see the squirrel? What if he actually only shows himself to Ryan and myself? Like that might be a situation. I like where we can't roll it out. He doesn't like sports. I think that's what it is. But that's um, <laughs> true. I, I don't know. I've seen him outside the stadium. I've never seen him inside. So that's a good question. What if he's yeah. not allowed? What if there's like a curse around Neyland where he's allowed to be everywhere but inside Neyland? What if that's how it is? 
That's it. Well, he'll have to get over our coverage of a uh, of basketball this uh, tomorrow, and then obviously women's basketball against UConn on Sunday. Josh yeah. and I will be heading down to Columbia, so we'll nice. have coverage from that. And uh, how far is Columbia well. from here? Four hours, eighteen minutes. <laughs> oh, exactly my birthday. Four eighteen. There you go. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, I like it. That's a big. Y'all are making the trip for South Carolina. Y'all it's a beautiful old. one o'clock tip off, easy yeah, day it's trip. Perfect. It's, it's perfect. It works out well. Okay. Wait, is it one o'clock tomorrow? Oh, okay. Well, I would have. I was way off. Salmon, Sammy, Slammy, Samsonite. No, I was. I had six in my head for some reason. Well, that's good. Kevin Hart, CBS, Kevin Harlan on the call. Did you not hear okay. Jim no. Nance reading the promo for it during the AFC Championship game? It was the I next sporting event on CBS. Well, what is bigger? What's the bigger sporting event on CBS? AFC Championship game, Tennessee, South Carolina in the middle of February. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't paying that close attention to the ads and Jim Nance's ad reads. I, I can't say that that was at the top of my mind. But now that you said that, now I want to be like, oh, I should have recognized that. Um, yes, Ethan. What? Did I hear it right that Kevin Harlan is announcing this game? Yeah. That's correct. That's incredible. Also, That's Ethan's amazing. the most polite, nice human being, and we should protect him at all costs. This man just raised his hand That's on it. this podcast. That's Did you see that, Ryan? This yeah. man just raised his hand. Gonna make sure I'm not getting talk. It was an important question. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to raise your hand. You are an equal party on this podcast, Ethan. Equal party. Out unless aren't unless Carnes is playing Oak Ridge, like it's an equal situation. Like that's how this works. Understood. Um well, there we go. We did it. Another pod. Go Big Orange Friday on YouTube. Go subscribe. YouTube, Chase Thomas Podcast. We're here every week. Um, and if you like listening to this podcast, make sure you give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Guys, you have a safe weekend traveling to South Carolina, Columbia, all that good stuff. We got Littons to look forward to on Monday, it looks like. Littons yes, is going to happen. So we'll uh, gain a couple pounds on Monday, and then we'll be back next week. Let's do it. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.